Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to And Stuff Like That, a podcast. Uh, So the whole reason I started this was um, on my YouTube channel, I had a series called Car Ride Review where I would review movies and stuff like that, you know, on my way to work, but it's hard to keep a camera situated when you're driving. You know, because sometimes they fall and stuff. So I decided I'm going to turn it into a podcast. This isn't necessarily going to only be movie reviews. Sometimes it'll be movie reviews. Sometimes I'll review other things, new uh, new items that I've recently purchased that I think I you might enjoy, or a restaurant or a food item. Who knows? Uh, it could just be me sitting here chit-chatting with you for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. I always try and keep these between 10 and 15 minutes if I can, you know, unless it's something really a topic that I really want to you know get a lot out on but to take us into our first podcast we are going to do a car ride review uh specifically we're going to talk about the Han Solo movie or Solo a Star Wars story as it's called um went and saw that the weekend it opened and so the spoiler free version of this review I will say that it is a good movie. It's a very, like, western-y, space, heist-style movie. Um, It's not an amazing movie, but it's not a terrible movie either. It's just a fun, enjoyable, summer box office movie to go see. So, if you've got free time and the spare cash, I would say hop on out, go see it. It is just a fun, enjoyable movie. And you can see it even if you haven't seen any of the other Star Wars movies. They're not necessarily needed. There are some nods to the prequels and um, sequels and other Star Wars movies that are out there in the movie, but you're not going to be lost completely without it. So, go on, enjoy the movie, take it for what it is, you know, it's just a fun, light-hearted movie. But, from this point on, we'll, we'll talk spoilers, you know, some of the things said from this point on will be spoilers for the movie, so keep that in mind if you're still listening. If you want to see this movie without any spoilers, stop now. So, anyways, so, spoiler-wise, some of the ups and downs of this movie. So, of course, the movie centers Han Solo and his story, and, of course, it it, it, it takes you on the journey of how he met Chewbacca and how he got his last name, which was, honestly, how he got his last name was kind of a letdown. Like, it was just very boring, and I honestly didn't even really need to know how he got his last name. Even going in the movie, it wasn't, like, a major question I had. Um... It does kind of show you how he met Chewbacca and how they kind of became friends. But to be honest with you, for their friendship to be as tight as it is, I find it kind of odd the way they met because you're kind of led to believe that, you know, he gets... uh, um, Han Solo at some point joins the Empire and he's a, a grunt basically for the Empire and he gets thrown into this cage to feed the beast and of course the beast is a mud covered caked Chewbacca and you know they fight and then Han Solo's like well I have a way out and he basically helps you know Chewbacca escape but you know within a matter of 20 minutes into this movie you're you're kind of led to believe that they've formed this lifelong friendship when really there's nothing that honestly is holding Chewbacca around, you know, it's basically almost like he just doesn't have anything better to do, so I think maybe that's, that's kind of an issue, they're, 
I, I, from what I understand, I believe Wookiees also have a thing, you know, as far as like a life debt. If you save them, then they owe you a life debt. And so maybe that's why Chewbacca um, maybe that's why Chewbacca stuck around was because there's a life debt there, and they just didn't explain that in the movie. But beyond that, it was kind of like, okay, that's how they met. That was kind of unclimactic or unemotional or, you know, why does Chewie stick around? I don't understand. Now, given if he stuck with Han from this point on, you know, and they've been best friends this entire time, then I can understand why, you know, when Han Solo dies in Force Awakens, why it upsets him because they've been friends for going on like 30 or 40 years when all that goes down. So, it, it just wasn't a very appealing story of how they met, I guess. But beyond that, you know, it's, it, like I said, it is a fun movie. It's a heist movie. You know, he meets Woody Harrelson's character, Beckett, and basically Beckett kind of gets him into the smuggling life. And, you know, when the movie starts, he's trying to break him and his love interest, Kira, who's played by Amelia Clark, out of... Um, out of this city they live in where they're basically like slaves to this worm fish thing. So he ends up losing her in the process of escaping, but after he meets Beckett, he finds out that Kira is now working for the Crimson Dawn, which is like this really evil mercenary organization that later in the movie you find out has been working for Darth Maul, I guess, this whole time. Yeah. So... Anyways, so as far as the Crimson Dawn goes, I mean, I guess they're kind of scary. Paul Bettany uh, does a great Paul Bettany does a great job with um, Voss. What's his name? Uh, Dryden Voss. And so, as far as a villain goes, though, he's not really flushed out. You know, he's a one movie villain, so it's kind of a little like boring that he's only in this because I, I love Paul Bettany. He's one of my favorite actors and just some of the, some of the things that he's done. So I just, I kind of wish maybe he had gone a little bit further than just the solo movie or, you know, whatever. But, you know, it does, does take you to see Lon, uh, how he met Lando Clarissian and how he got the, um, Millennium Falcon and how they were able to, do the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, which is a distance, not a speed or time frame. Um, some of the best parts of the movie, though, are played by um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, she plays the voice of L3, which is the droid in this movie. And you notice every movie we get a droid, and there's always like a sarcastic droid. And it's funny because I feel like if R2-D2 and BB-8 were able to talk they would have been L3 or uh, I think it was K3 in the last one uh, in Rogue One. You know, that I think that's what we would have gotten from those as far as like their personalities. So, she's the best part. She's super funny. I, I need to look into some other stuff that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has done because I think she was absolutely hilarious in this movie. So, whether that was her ad-libbing or them writing it, I thought it was great. And I'd like to see some of the other stuff she's in just to kind of see her comedic sense. Uh, Donald Glover did an amazing job as Lando Clarissian. Like, mannerisms and the way he acted, I thought he did a great job. And I loved him as Lando Clarissian. So I definitely think um, in the scope of Star Wars, you know, he played an excellent young Lando. Um, 
Now, um, I guess Akira was played by Amelia Clark. She did a good job. Um, I really like Amelia Clark and some of her other stuff. And she's a she's a fairly she's a fairly good actress. So her part, I guess, was her part was important because by the time it's all said and done, you see that she's really evil and she didn't really want to. She wasn't trying to escape with Han, and uh, they hint that she's done some really evil things throughout the entire movie. And I guess they kind of leave that in a cliffhanger too, and you're just supposed to assume that whatever she did was evil, like you know, destroy planets and stuff like that. I don't know what all the evil stuff she's done because they don't really get into it. But if she's working for Darth Maul, you can really only assume how evil she's been. Um, and then <clears throat> Han Solo is played by Alden. Um, Aaron Reich, I believe is how you say his last name, um, has a unique spelling, and I, I hope I'm not messing that up, but uh, Alden Aaron Reich does a great job playing Han Solo. It's really funny because he's a lot shorter than Harrison Ford, like he's got to be a good foot, maybe foot and a half shorter than Harrison Ford is, but his, his ability to mimic Han Solo's mannerisms from the original trilogy are really spot on, and just the way he the way some of his facial expressions happen and the way he acts in some of the scenes, you know, as Han Solo, he does such a good job kind of embodying the character of Han Solo. Cause you know, Han Solo, he's just this, he's this charismatic, roguish, roguish figure, you know, scoundrel, scallywag, repscallion, whatever you want to call him. And so Alton, um, Aaron, he does a, he does a good job portraying that and mimicking, um, Harrison Ford's portrayal of Han Solo so I will say that his acting for this was was really good um, and of course Woody Harrelson playing Beckett which is kind of like Han Solo's mentor slash what gets Han Solo into the smuggling life it's Woody Harrelson I mean I don't think the man's ever done a, a, a terrible movie you know he's got some great stuff out there and he's 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 such a good actor, and I, I enjoyed him in this, too. He did a great job with it, and he did a great job kind of showing you how Han got on the path that he's, he, he was on starting in New Hope. So, um, the, it was a couple weird ones, um, like Val, who was supposed to be Beckett's wife, was played by Sandy Newton. She wasn't even really in the movie that long, like, it was just there and gone, you know, she basically sacrificed herself because the whole story of the movie is, uh, when he meets Beckett, Beckett was, um, trying to steal, um, fuel for, like, starships and stuff, and during the heist, they get thwarted by the Cloud Riders, um, who, the leader of that is, um, in, uh, Enfy's Nest, I think I'm saying the first name wrong, uh, which you find out later is actually uh, a female, and she's played by Aaron Kellyman, who, um, well, let me, let me get to the rest of the story, because we'll, but, anyway, so the Cloud Riders, they thwart the attempt to steal the fuel, and Beckett has to go back to, um, Dryden Voss and let him know that they, that they basically messed up, and he brings Han Solo with him, and that's when he, that's when Han meets, um, Kira, and Kira basically kind of steps in, it's like, well, you know, let's give him another chance, you know, and they, the whole scope of the movie is they're going to steal unrefined fuel, and then they have to get it back to a refinery before it basically explodes. So, you, when they, when they get it back and they get it refined, that's when the Cloud Riders, led by, uh, Enfy's Nest, 
basically confront Han Solo and Beckett and explain that the reason they want the fuel is because the Crimson Dawn was a bunch of just mercenaries for a long time, and they visited this, they visited her planet over and over again until finally her people retaliated, but when they retaliated, they, like, took all the tongues and something else from all the women and men that were on the planet because they tried to retaliate, and that's kind of how Crimson Dawn came about, was basically through just the destroying all these planets and taking everything they had and the cloud riders are them trying to um they're basically rebelling against the crimson dawn so there's no real mention of exactly who her parents are so i could see us getting maybe a um cloud rider movie uh basically following around Enfy's Nest and just who she is and who her parentage is and that might be a good movie just kind of seeing how she became how she comes about because she's kind of a fierce little warrior and I really enjoyed her character um even though she didn't get a lot of screen time she's a very like bold character and she's in the movie she seems pretty young I, her character seems pretty young I don't know how young they meant her to be but she seems maybe less than 20 but she might be a little older but she basically commands the respect of all these um, basically rebellion um, guys that are with her and uh, so that's I, I'd like, I wouldn't mind seeing a movie centered around her mainly because we'd get to see uh, a little bit more of the gentleman that played Wicket I can't, oh I know his name he played Willow, he played the Ewok Wicket I can never remember his name oh and I hate myself for it but anyways he's one of her cloud riders so that's kind of like a it was a cool little cameo, but like I said, this movie, this movie is a, it's a, it's an okay movie. It's not a great movie. It's not an amazing movie. I'm happy I saw it in theaters, and I'd like to see it in theaters again. Um, I just don't think I will. I'll probably wait till it comes out on DVD and pick it up. So, and that's what I would say to you: like, don't go into this movie expecting it to be this amazing blockbuster, you know, Emmy winning movie it's not you know it's i would say it's kind of like um what can i compare it to i don't know what to compare it to it's just it's just a fun movie it's just something enjoyable to be a part of and to see so take that take my review with a grain of salt and my little i did you know this little recap i did over it um you know the only the pros like i said are that it's a fun movie it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's a heist movie. The cons are that it, it basically falls all. It follows all the tropes of a heist movie. So there's everything's expected before it really kind of happens. You can kind of know what's going to happen. You realize that Beckett's going to betray Han Solo, and that you know Amelia Clark uh, Kira is going to you know not follow him. You know Lando's going to be a scallywag. You know, and you realize that. The Cloud Riders are the good guys in this one before it ever really goes down. So it's very predictable as far as movies go, I will say that. And I I don't know if we really needed a Han Solo movie. He's not that big of a character in the original trilogy character-wise. You know, yes, he's a good... He's a big deal as far as the trilogies and all the rest of the Star Wars movies goes because he's Han Solo and he's got such a big part. But as a character, he didn't need any more development. And I think I think Force Awakens was just a good way to end his story arc and kind of round him out as a character. So 
I don't think we needed a Han Solo movie. Maybe a Chewbacca movie. I think that would be awesome. And, um, you know, maybe a Viden Dross movie or a Dryden Voss movie, something like that, because I just, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like there was a need for the Han Solo movie. It was fun. By all means, like I said, it was fun, and I'll buy it when it comes out and own it as a part of the collection, but it wasn't a necessity, you know? I could have, I'd rather had a Leia movie, to be honest with you, because I feel like her backstory being adopted by a a senator in well in the movies they're senators um but they don't actually tell you they're actually the king and queen of Alderaan so I feel like seeing her grow up story would probably have been a better thing to do so but that's just my opinion it's one man's movie review one man's opinion on the whole shebang um let me know how you guys like this podcast this is my first one so hopefully you enjoyed it hopefully you enjoyed my review of Han Solo let me know what you thought of um Han Solo if you want to look me up, I'm at Benson Calore, B-E-N-S-O-N-C-A-L-U-R-E on Twitter. If you go to YouTube, it's youtube.com slash and stuff 